0: Greetings and salutations, Frasier Files. This is the Fraser Analysis. I am the critical android, and who's that we have on the other line? (laughs) Is that you, Eric?
1: It sure is, just like every time.
0: Well, I'll be damned. (laughs) What are you doing over there? (laughs) Today, we're bringing to you the 12th episode of the Fraser Analysis, covering the 12th episode of Fraser, episode entitled Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. This is uh, directed by James Burroughs. And written by Christopher Lloyd, Uh, not the Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, as we mentioned before. He also wrote another episode earlier this season. This, as you might know, uh, as long as you know your Christmas movies, this is a Christmas-themed episode. Hence the Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street uh, reference going on there. Uh, Which would be Miracle on 34th Street was the actual name of the movie. This is our our first holiday episode of Uh, Frasier. Now, I'll let Eric uh, start a discussion on this one.
1: Oh, <clears throat> so uh, yeah the the episode starts with the the Christmas party at KACL, and uh everyone is poking sort of poking fun of Frazier because he's the rookie, so uh, he has to he's forced to take home the uh, the uh, most promiscuous person in the in the office uh
0: station drunk basically
1: yeah what's her first name Elizabeth
0: Weems is it no Elizabeth is one of the other co-workers oh yeah um, no. I want to say, it's, I say it's, bon- it's Bonnie. Bonnie.
1: Bonnie. Bonnie Weems. There it is. Thank you. Bonnie Weems, she gets plastered at all the Christmas parties and then whoever, you know, she drives her home, she tries to get amorous with. And, uh, and Frazier has no idea why everyone's laughing at him. Finally, Roz confesses what the issue is while laughing hysterically the whole time. And, uh, Fraser thinks, oh, well, you know, I, I can handle myself. Well, sure enough, she's a very aggressive woman and, uh, She's ready to go now, and she throws Frazier over her shoulder and walks out the door. <laughs> yeah, so Frazier's discussing with Niles later. We find out he pretty much just dumped her in the cab, said a prayer for the driver, and <laughs> sent her on her way. <laughs> but then we really get into the meat of the episode, uh, and it's the whole episode really is about uh, the conflict between Martin and Fraser, uh as it relates to Christmas. And, you know, we kind of return to the, the whole dynamic of you know, Fraser and Martin are really trying to learn how to live with each other and trying to make it comfortable for both people. You know, respecting that it is Fraser's home, but he also wants his dad to feel comfortable. It, Martin wants a lot of the Christmas, you know, you know, traditions that they had growing up. While Fraser thinks, well, you know, it's my house and I would like to start my own traditions. Given, especially given the more modern times we're in, and it erupts into an enormous fight, which. Produce, which eventually produces the fact, or comes to the fact that uh, Fraser doesn't even want to be there anymore on Christmas because also he gets receives a phone call that says Frederick isn't coming for Christmas. He has the chance to go to do something related to the sound of music, his favorite movie.
0: Yeah, it's like so, this whole experience where he gets to go over to yeah. another country and, oh, in Austria, where they, yeah. they like film the movie and he gets to like have dinner with Julie Andrews and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So Fraser's, Fraser's fed up. He wants nothing to do with it anymore. He's fought with his dad. He's, I, he's just going to take Bulldog up on
0: his offering. He's I do, I do have to inject here fast, so yeah. Go that, ahead. Niles delivers a great line when Fraser's describing all the things that they're going to do. Because Niles said that they were they, they had a cabin that he could go up to, uh, that they could all go to. And he wanted Daphne to go along, but unfortunately Daphne couldn't because she was uh, promised her Uncle Jackie she'd fly to San Francisco to be with him except he's a transvestite who's getting a bit too long in the tooth for it.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> and then Maris and Niles are going up to the cabin and decide everybody else should come along. But nobody really wants to. And so when Fraser's talking about how, you know, the, uh, Freddy's going to be able to go see Julie Andrews, and they're going to sing with, like, the Salzburg Choir, and they get a sleigh ride and a balloon trip through the Alps, <laughs> and then they go to Euro Disney, and now it's like, well, up at the cabin, there's an old stump that the local children seem to enjoy kicking.
1: Oh man! So I love Niles.
0: Out of there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like throwaway dialogue in this in this episode, but that that line stands out for me to where I had to bring that up.
1: That's a good. That's a good uh, interjection there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, better than the whole Chili Peppers thing that they get into.
1: Oh, God. That. <laughs> Furthermore, I don't know why Frazier likes that because he's always supposed to be so sophisticated and everything. And granted, you know, we were very young at this point. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe really this was a big a big trend and and it was very trendy and and uh, someone of Fraser's economic class and taste would have been all about the Chili Peppers. But I just can't see it. I just can't see it. <laughs>
0: No, I, I really can't see Fraser hanging chili peppers I- in the house. Like not not real chili peppers, mind you, but
1: Oh, yeah, I'm uh, no, no, sorry. They're they're electric. They're they're le- their lights.
0: <laughs> yes. They're chili pepper lights as opposed to Martin <laughs> wanting to hang traditional Christmas lights. And then they they keep going into this argument where Martin's like, you know, it's like, "Fine, we can hang them up. Maybe bring in a few radishes and a nice broccoli on top." <laughs> and then they all decide but... that they're not going to go to the cabin and this leads into what you were mentioning about how Bulldog wanted Fraser to take his radio shift for that night, and now merry that Christmas yeah, and now that Freddy's not coming,
1: and Fraser doesn't want anything to do with Morton, he takes Bulldog up on the offer. He says, "You know what? I, I'm just going to take it and let Bulldog have his day. At least someone will have a merry Christmas."
0: Exactly. So, so
1: I'll toss it over to you. So this the, leads us probably the funniest part of the episode. <laughs>
0: Yes, Uh, this leads us to the actual radio station where Fraser's talking with Roz about, you know, the fact that both of their Christmases are kind of being ruined right now. Roz wanted to be, you know, go to Wisconsin to be with the family, and, you know, she's stuck here. And, you know, Fraser's trying to explain that he's in not a better position either because he really wanted to see Freddy. They both understand that they've got to be situated together in their misery, and they're going to try to make the most of the show. Uh... But things don't go so well on the radio program. (laughs) One of the first callers is Ned, who we don't get to hear him talk, but Fraser does tell him or say afterwards that although, Ned, we were glad to hear from you uh, uh, and how you got mugged on your way home from the soup kitchen, uh, we'd like to lighten the mood here a little bit. And so then they get another guy on who uh, says that for him, uh, the spirit of Christmas, trying to inject some positivity into here, but he was driving home from the gym and he had left a pair of sneakers on the top of his car and they flew off as he was driving home. And so he looks in the rear view mirror and there's this homeless guy who picked him up and put him on and the guy says that, I, I just thought, you know, I wanted to get him back, but he already had him on, so what the hell? I kept on driving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so brings so sarcastic <laughs> It's
0: like, so you, your experience of the Christmas spirit... Is that you didn't go into reverse, speed back <laughs> to that, and rip rip a pair of old sneakers from the hands of a homeless man.
1: <laughs> Why, well, Ross, I believe we have alert, alert to Thoris, I believe we have Santa himself on the line.
0: <laughs> and then we get another guy who can't stop crying. <laughs> Sorry, this is the last time I'm okay. It starts crying. No, oh, I'm not It's yeah. so like I got Fraser's like, I gotta put you on hold for a bit. Well, pull yourself together. It's so, alright, I think I got a hold of myself, and he starts crying again. We, then we hear uh, a woman saying, So you see, I've fallen in the shower so many times, they can't put any more pins in my hip. Listen, can I can I put you on hold for a second? There's somebody I have to check up on and change the line. How's it going, Barry? Yeah, Barry's the guy's name. He's still crying. And Fraser's like, I know the feeling. <laughs> and then, the best the best and worst part of this episode in this scene.
1: So fucked up what we're about to say by the way. Go ahead.
0: I wrote this down exactly for this purpose. (laughs) So Tom is on the line and says, It still traumatizes me, Dr. Crane. I wake up nights and I remember that Christmas morning. I walked into my mother's bedroom, tears running down my face, and I said, Mommy, the puppy Santa gave me won't wake up. And you can hear the audience in this mixture of like stif- stifled laughter, and like, like, Fraser's just like, at this point in time, he's heard so much shit, he can't deal with it. It's like, nah. he has no emotions left. <laughs> like, okay, Tom, you win the prize for the saddest Christmas story we've heard today. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays.
1: He looks over at Ross. His face is down in her hands at the booth, and he, he frantically runs into her section and goes,
0: Roz, Roz, are you
1: okay? And she's uncontrollably sobbing from all the horrible stories that she's heard all day. He's like, Are you crying? She's like, Only for the last hour.
0: <laughs> so, so Fraser basically tells her to get out of here and, and go home. With her mom. Yeah. <laughs> And so she heads out and, you know, they give themselves, uh, each other a Merry Christmas hug. And so Frazier gets back online and, uh, it's like, let's take a, let's take the first call we have here. And it's like, you're on the air. And the guy says, Hey, you know what I used to do? I used to get depressed all the time at Christmas. And then I found a way to beat those holiday blues. My favorite movie, sound of music. It's like watching Julie is? Andrew lead those adorable little kids to the streets of Salzburg. Nobody could be depressed.
1: I mean, nobody. It's
0: like and Fraser's just like, "Are you a betting man?" <laughs> so then Frazier he rounds off the off the air, and then the episode kind of wanders into not so much a funny, but it is kind of just a one of those kind of traditional holiday kind of themes uh, in terms of yeah, stuff. where basically Frazier goes to a diner because he can't find anywhere else to eat, and you know he's getting the Christmas platter. And so the only good, the only great part about this is that as Frazier's talking with these guys who are obviously they're they're not very well off. The, the diner's full of people who really can't afford much in life. Frazier's like you know he's talking about he how he's arguing with his dad, and asks how this other guy's doing, and say I'm doing pretty good. Yes, yesterday I'm, I was walking down the road and this pair of sneakers flew out the back of a car. <laughs> So, like how they tied together. <laughs> yeah, they did. And so all this starts happening, and basically Frazier finds out that somehow he left uh, his wallet behind so he can't pay for the meal. And so th- these guys, the homeless guys, or the, like the the people who are really poor off, pull all their money together and they buy Fraser a dinner, and then they toss him a quarter and tell him to call his dad. And it's like a really, that was a really nice sentiment that happened there. So all this is going on, and it's really good, but Frazier, <laughs> it doesn't end on a necessarily happy note because Frazier's trying to tell them that no, I, I just I honestly forgot my wallet and nobody wants to believe him. Yeah. Uh But and then, then he
1: goes he, out to his car
0: and realizes he, realizes he left the keys. keys. Yes. So and, uh, he leaves the, waitress
1: the keys. In the waitress in the diner goes <laughs> after all these guys think Frazier's you know poor like them. Waitress goes, "Hey, Zay, we missing some keys to a BMW." <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Fraser's tempted to go back for the keys, and and like he's really just deciding that you know what's he gonna do. But then after they give him the quarter, he just decides to walk home and just leaves the car there. That that pretty much sums up the episode. There, I, I it's not a really strong holiday episode of the show. It's not bad by any means, but we really don't see any resolution to Fraser and Martin. I think that's the thing that this episode is really missing.
1: And The other thing is, do you think Fraser? Do you think Fraser, when he gets home and gets gets money, do you think he goes back and and makes restitution to these guys for how nice they were to him?
0: I would hope that he does. I think that he does.
1: I think he does too.
0: Yeah, because Fra-
1: Fraser has gobs of money. Oh so yeah. I, I think he, I think he probably goes back and pays for all those guys' meals or something like that.
0: Yeah, Fraser's not the kind of person who just passes up kindness when he sees it. Like when something yeah. honestly touches his heart. He pays it back as as largely as he can. I don't have any fear about that. But I do find it just a little upsetting that we don't really see any resolution. I I like the whole idea of the guy tossing him a quarter so Frasier can call his dad. Yeah. Like, that's a nice sentiment. But considering what this show is about and what the premise of this episode, like, that kicked off the conflict was, I think we were owed a little bit more of resolution on that.
1: We're left to just assume that after all, after the, the pretty much miserable day he had and touching experience that he had with the with the homeless guys, we're pretty much just left to assume that you know uh, he goes home and he's he just comes to the realization that you know what this is this is so silly we're fighting over you know whether or not to put chili peppers up versus uh, old school stuff you know life is so much more important than that. Yes, but again we're left to just make all that up. We have no idea how the conversation actually goes.
0: Yeah. And it would have been nice to see how they decided to come to a compromise there, especially considering in future episodes, Martin dominates Christmas completely. Yeah. So it does make me wonder what the hell happened during that. Yeah. So with that being said, do you have any other further thoughts on this before we get to the uh, nomination and rating?
1: Um, no, Nope. no, it's a straightforward episode.
0: Okay, well then, for the MVP of the episode, who do you nominate for it?
1: I mean, I feel like I, oh god, I I, I guess I have to go with Kelsey Grammer. I I'm gonna... I don't feel like, I feel like aside from Roz, I don't know who the hell else was in the episode enough for me to choose.
0: See, that, that's the problem, and that's why I had to go a little bit outside of the box for my category here. And uh, I decided to nominate somebody completely different, and you might be able to guess who.
1: Was it, it was either the homeless guy at the end or the guy who had the the, the puppy who died?
0: <laughs> yep, Tom, the dead puppy guy, uh, <laughs> dead puppy caller, who is who uh, I had to look up afterwards. Who it was when I was deciding that you know I got to nominate who this is, and then it turns out I picked a good choice. Tom is played by Mel Brooks. Really? Yes. Oh
1: my God! I never would have guessed that.
0: I wouldn't have either, and then I saw it's like. I picked a good nominee for this one now.
1: It doesn't even sound like him. Wow.
0: A lot of the callers don't sound like it because they use really poor. Like, they literally are calling in, so they're just using, a, like, a, a phone to call in yeah. these lines. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I can understand why Kelsey Grammer would be, like, the, the normal pick because of the, the lack of anybody else in the episode, really.
1: <laughs>
0: but for his one-scene wonder... <laughs>
1: still gets a morbid laugh out of me
0: (laughs) the dead puppy (laughs) mel brooks's character of tom gets my mvp mvp award for this episode
1: it's a a good choice it's a good choice
0: (laughs) he is now officially the the actually he's the first phone caller and probably the only phone caller to be honest who's going to receive this award
1: i doubt there'll be any other phone callers (laughs)
0: But given the the lack of like other standout performances in, in this episode, uh, aside from Kelsey Grammer being obviously on top of his game like he always is, but yeah, Mel, Mel Brooks' Tom is going to get my MVP.
1: <laughs> it's a solid choice.
0: <laughs> and I guess, according to this too, uh, Rosemary Clooney played one, uh, the girl who called in that night about her hip, and Ben Stiller was the guy who left the shoes and didn't go back for them. <laughs> Oh, no, no, wait, I'm sorry, no. Ben Stiller was uh, the was the Crying Berry. <laughs> That's who he was.
1: Oh, that was Ben Stiller? Oh, okay. <laughs> even
0: better. Uh, now, for a rating on this episode, uh, this is going to be, uh, it, it's one of those episodes where, again, it's, it's not great, it's not bad, but I, I think it's a little bit weaker than it should be, so I have to give this one a 4 out of 10.
1: Wow, okay. I'm actually going to give this one a 6 out of 10. I, you know, I like some of the heartwarming elements to it, so I, I'm I'm gonna go, I'm, yeah I'm gonna go with six out of ten.
0: Well, that's yeah, it brings it up to an average of five, which is you know yeah. fair. Yeah, uh, I just I I would have rated this high even if the ending scene, like over the credits, had showed us something of Martin and and, and reconciling or hanging up the perfect scene. If the end credit scene is actually Eddie tearing open a present. But if the ending scene had instead, over the credits, been Martin and Frasier hanging up their decorations all over the place and mixing and matching them, would have been perfectly yeah. fine with that. That would have been some sort of resolution. Yeah. But the fact that they skimped on it and uh, they went for like a kind of an over-the-top scene with the diner there lowers it down to a four for me. But yeah, so uh, I, I can understand why, like you said, it's still a heartwarming episode. Christmas episodes have been done better, and we'll actually see one of those, well, a couple seasons down the line. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, that's going to wrap up uh, Miracle on 3rd or 4th Street. So, uh, once again, Eric, thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, as always.
0: Yep, and we'll continue on, moving on to the next episode, which will be number 13, Lucky Number 13, Guess Who's Coming to Breakfast?, And I think we'll agree that this episode is markedly better than the one we uh, just discussed.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a bit of a pickup here.
0: Yeah, so So. stay tuned for that one, uh, our loyal listeners. And until that episode comes along, we once again thank you for watching the Fraser Analysis, and we wish you all uh, a good day and good mental health. Baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, baby, but I got you paid But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again The android has left